Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Trent Young and Alan is with me, of course, and we have special guests with us tonight as we record this. Um, my wife, Dana, and Alan's wife, Rochelle. And we, we love this couple and we get to enjoy them. And so tonight we're going to have a conversation between the four of us. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of fun and so grateful to um, have uh, Rochelle and Dana on with us today. We wanted to talk about an important part of, of enduring and that's kind of enduring that marriage relationship and ministry and mm -hmm. that role of encouraging uh, your mate who's in ministry and the one who supports you in ministry. It's just a hard day of discouragement. Trent, I don't know about you, but did you used to ask Dana every Sunday, like when you first started, like, how was my sermon? Yeah, you, you ever <laughs> ask that I, I don't know that I asked that a whole lot, but I was always wondering what she thought for sure. So did I ask yeah. that to you, Dana? I don't think so. I don't remember him asking that. But I do remember giving him encouraging words and maybe some you know, positive, constructive, not criticism. I don't want to say criticism, <laughs> but some positive, helpful words because, you know, that's my job as a wife is to encourage my husband. But I can say that I do enjoy hearing my husband preach. So that's been a blessing. So I used to I used to ask Rochelle every Sunday when I was first starting to pastor, how was my sermon? But Rochelle has this thing against lying. So how how did that go sometimes? <laughs> well, listening to Dana talk about all of her encouraging words, I would answer him. He would ask how it went and I would answer him. I kind of used the strategy my dad used to use in encouraging me in my sporting events in high school where he would start out with something good and then tell me the things i needed to improve on and then end with something good and i realized i realized number one it, it wasn't a good question um it, it's right. not a good question because she doesn't need to be put in the role of the evaluator of sermons um that's that's really not her place um and so I, I stopped asking that, and then I found found that I started to feel a whole lot more um, in, encouraged in that. And you know, we, we we because what would happen is is that she would be, feel free to give me the input that she wanted to give me, and it wasn't forced input. And and it also gave her a chance to to maybe listen through different ears. And I th I thought that was a really helpful thing. So. So anyway, we, we had to learn through this. And we've been in this situation, and, and Rochelle was just talking to um, a wife recently about how she felt like she needed to up her encouragement um, of her pastor. Yeah, I was speaking with one of the pastors uh, that we're friends with, and his wife was sharing how she felt like she had had a discouraging spirit for a little while and how she realized that that was really affecting his ministry um she wasn't necessarily criticizing his preaching or criticizing him but just in general was uh, discouraging in her spirit and that really kind of brought him down too and made it difficult for him to minister and be an encouragement to others and once she realized that she was convicted and and really had to to pray about that and get some 
some help from the Lord in changing her heart a little bit so that she could lift him up more and he wouldn't worry so much about her. And I think I can identify with that because there are definitely times when I get in a negative tone about things and I whine and complain about situations or people. And it is a heart check for me to realize my husband doesn't need to hear the brunt of my whining and complaining. Um, so we need to keep things positive. I think, I think a part of this um, maybe we haven't touched on yet is, and I, I used to say this to young people that were in my church that were considering and that they felt like God was calling them, um, that both the husband and wife should be called both should be called into ministry. Um, and it makes life so much better if both are called to serve the Lord. Um, there is an overarching call that every believer has uh, to serve the Lord. But then there's also a specific call. And I believe that both the husband and wife, uh, pastors especially, need to both have that calling. And then so um, we're, we're both going to become discouraged at times, right? Um, and hopefully we kind of balance each other out. Um, there are times when Dana might be discouraged about things or, or the, I might, and hopefully the other one is able to speak a little bit of reality into, into our hearts. So, Yeah, I think that's a, just an important piece of wisdom that we are all um, in this calling together. But I, there are a lot of tendencies, I think, for people, um, maybe uh, cu couples to focus on the negative and really become sources of discouragement um, to one another. Dana, what kinds of things maybe have you seen um, in working with pastors and, and families and churches that maybe are some of the um, habits that maybe people get that lead to discouragement? What are some of the things that, that we might do to discourage someone else? Well, when I think back on our past ministry, we have had at different times people who were negative about my husband, and I had to really um, put up some barriers and some boundaries in those relationships. And I always tried to protect Trent from hearing that. Um, Most people... The majority of people will tend toward the negative. Um, you just take 10 people, you put them and really start talking to them. They're, you know, the majority of those, 75% of that group is going to automatically talk about the negative. They're going to complain about issues in their lives. And so that's true in your church as well. You know, as believers and followers of Jesus, we're supposed to be optimistic, I think, um, because we have hope that people who don't have that faith don't have. And so I, I think, you know, us trying to be optimistic for each other, um, keeping a, a reminder going that, hey, God's in control. Um, he's He's taking care of us. And so I think that's a big part of our conversation. And it's just reminding each other that God is still good. God is still in control. God's still providing those kinds of things. Yeah, it's certainly discouraging when uh, your mate would come to you and say, hey, you know what people are saying about us or, or saying about you or, or this or that. And, you know, Rochelle, I know you've, you've, you've kind of been a buffer at, at, at times, too. Well, you know, how how do you deal with that when people are complaining about about me 
connected to you? That's a tricky one because as as someone who who wants to minister alongside of him, you know, you want people to come to you with their their concerns and their their uh, ideas and and you know things like that. So if it's specifically a complaint against you, then I would say I really uh, want to listen with open ears and try to come up with um, solutions between the person that's speaking to me and, and myself to where I don't need to take it to him. If it's something that really needs to go to him, I would just encourage them, you need to go speak to Alan about this. You know, I, I can set up an appointment for you or I can, you know, ask him to meet with you, but you need to think, kind of put that back on them to go to him directly with their concern. Another thing that I have found through our ministry is just um, people people saying or doing hurtful things um, to me that I want to share with him because he's my husband and, and that's, you know, like you would your best friend. Well, guess what so-and-so did? Can you believe she said that or whatever? And we, I learned that we have to, to guard ourselves in that because he is my husband and he wants to defend me and he wants to stand up for me and he wants to solve these problems and make it okay. I might just be venting. I might just be sharing something and it doesn't need a solution, but he's going to feel the need to step in and rescue and it can cause a problem. So, you know, before I share things with him about people in our ministry or in our church, I want to make sure it's something that is truly a problem that needs to be shared and I'm just not getting something off off my chest because he may feel the need to step in that could cause more problems. Um, and really, again, is that me just being negative or is that me really trying to problem solve? I have to evaluate those things a little more, I think, than, than I would if he was in a different type of job. Yeah, and in the past, if, if I needed just a vent, I have to tell Trent that, okay, I'm just going to talk to you for a minute. And when I, after I've said it, I'll feel better and you don't have to do anything. I just need you to listen. Um, and so that definitely is a marriage saver. Um, yeah. But when it comes to folks in our ministry, we do need to keep that positive outlook and realize that they are human, just like we are human. We have faults and I probably get on somebody else's nerves, just like, that other person's getting on mine. So I have to keep that, that perspective. It's always good to be told that you don't have to fix it. So you don't have to go kill someone or whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people, people can all obviously be a, a source of discouragement. I, I think, I think there's times in ministry too, that, that can be discouraging times um, in, in relationships. You know, I think back about when our kids were little, and the busyness of ministry could be a really discouraging time um, that you have to kind of kind of walk through, you know, the, the seasons of life and the things that can come along that just really frustrate you, you know, be, yeah, getting called away for a hospital visit during a birthday party or, or, or things like that. How do you maneuver, how do you maneuver through, you know, the, the discouraging times that we come across like that? Well, I would say, Alan, I think that it it's we have to realize, and if we both feel called into ministry, then that makes it a little bit easier. We understand that this is part of what God has called us to do. 
And there are going to be some of those times where we may not be able to stay at a birthday party or, or something in a special family event. But we try to make a point to make up those times um, and, and also set boundaries of times where we say, you know, I can't be contacted during this time. Um, I think that's a big, important part of it. Yeah, I think evaluating, is it truly an emergency that has to be taken care of right now? Or can it wait an hour or a day or something of that nature? I think I think one trap that ministers fall into is thinking that every time a church member calls, that they have to put that at top priority at the expense of other relationships. And I think some, some wisdom would be be just to evaluate those things and and to not drop your family at the drop of a hat um, but to be honest with them and say there are there are you know daddy really does need to go now but tomorrow he's going to pick you up from school or whatever and you know kind of uh, make it a point to spend some special time to and i think that even with a text message that you receive from somebody is it urgent and needs replied to right now, or is it something that can wait till tomorrow evening? I mean, tomorrow morning, yeah. because you know it's you know eight o'clock at night right now, and I just got a text message. Well, they sent it to me because they're thinking about it. I don't have to reply right now, and so it's important to set up those boundaries. I think that is good advice, Dana, and to be intentional about it because that can be just as discouraging to your partner in ministry, even if you're present for an event, if you're on your phone the whole time, either talking or texting or replying, you're not really present. And so you might as well have just gone ahead and gone. And so I think that is is wise to be intentional about, no, this, this is not something I have to do right now and putting that away. Yeah, I think that's an area Rochelle's always been good at it too, is, is telling me I'm not in the moment to, to encourage me to make sure <laughs> in that moment because she she sees that you know i i don't hide things very well and so she recognizes when i when i maybe need a little bit of encouragement myself so i don't discourage everyone else around me and i you know i think that's part of, of what we do to help each other out and make each other better and 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 really play to each other's strengths so uh, i've always i've always been grateful for that for someone who can actually look out for me in that way well, speaking of strengths, I have a question. So, Alan and Trent, you're both in brand new positions. Well, brand new, almost coming up on a year in July. And so, in this past year, I assume that both of you have come up against things that were new and different and a little overwhelming. So, in that situation, how can we as wives support and encourage our husbands? You go first, Alan. <laughs> you know, um, we've had a lot of conversations about how the role I'm in now doesn't have the same rhythm as being a pastor. And, you know, um, and it does take me back. The rhythm changed when we had kids. The rhythm changed when our kids started doing activities. You know, um, the rhythm got a lot easier when the kids left the house. <laughs> there was a sweet spot in there where where um, it's like, wow, what do I do with all this time I have now? Uh, but but 
in the role in which which I'm in now, the rhythm is really hard, and that's probably been the number one discouraging thing that I face on a regular basis, you know. And then, of course, um, the difference in the role that I have now versus the church, the the church too, um, is 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 a budgetary difference, you know. So I feel like my job my job is much more related to how well I do my job and how, how I relate out there, whether or not churches are going to continue to give and be a part of the association. And, um, that, that feels, feels stressful in a different way than it did when I was pastoring a church. That's yeah. I can totally get, understand what you're saying about the, you know, the wanting to do well. So the churches stay part of the association, continue to give all that. Um, I would say, um, and you're right, this is a different rhythm, a, a different type of ministry. And so it has been a challenge for sure. Um, but this is, Dana and I are working together 24-7, basically, now that she's not um, at school teaching and stuff like that. So it's been different. Um, it's grown our, our relationship, I believe. And um but I would say to, uh, you know, to pastors and wives, anytime that there is a, a change or something that happens in ministry that makes things different, that's why you need to continue to grow your relationship um, and work on your relationship because those changes, you need your spouse um, to maybe to give you a reality check, um, maybe to um, encourage you. Um, or maybe just to be on your team. So I think that's an important part of it. It's been especially important for us to coordinate our calendars uh, and to protect time for just having a day off because we're loving the job we're doing, um, but we need to protect some time off. And so, you know, I, I have to encourage Trent. He has to encourage me. You know, let's let's uh, slow down and and not get burned out. But I, I think just that continual talking and encouraging one another has been very very helpful. Mm-hmm. One thing that I would also add um, would be that you know for us in our specific roles, our husbands in their specific roles. They're going to new places all the time and meeting new people. And I think it's very encouraging to have your spouse with you when you're going somewhere new or somewhere you're not as familiar with. When Alan was pastoring a church, he was very comfortable in his church and with his church family. And he wanted me there, but he didn't need me there to help with the newness or help him Uh, forge relationships or things like that. Um, I've talked to a lot of pastors' wives, though, who say that, you know, their their mentors, their examples in ministry, the wife was not very involved. She she stayed home or she worked full-time, and so she didn't do a lot with her husband and his ministry. And I I would say as someone, I do still work full-time, and it is difficult to come home from work and make myself go with him to an appointment or go with him to a to a Wednesday night service or something like that. It's difficult to put what I consider my my needs aside, you know, and go ahead and do that with him, but it's always worth it. It makes us 
more partners in ministry and it encourages him to have me there with him. He, he likes that. It helps him. And so, um, I think if we can do that as wives, whether we work or whether we don't, if we can make intentional efforts to be as much a part as we can, that that's going to, to help them and encourage them rather than them feeling like they're alone all the time. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. And I would say to um, any ladies that might listen to this, um, you being there with your husband, um, going to a hospital visit or going, you know, just being there as part of church stuff, you open doors that we would not have opened to us otherwise. Because sometimes um, a lot of pastors are are not very um, outgoing, I guess, maybe is the word. I, I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, but they're, you know, they struggle with starting conversation with people. And so having a team, there are times when I'm feeling kind of quiet and insecure. And so Dana helps me, you know, start a conversation with someone or or mostly remember names. Oh my goodness. As I get older, I'm losing, she's the other half of my brain. And so I'm thankful for her. So um, how do you think, so not every person, let me rephrase the question. Not every person is by nature, an encourager. So how can we learn to be maybe more of an encourager if that's not necessarily our nature? I mean, what what are some things you can do practically to, to be more encouraging? Well, I guess my mom always taught me to think of others first you know, and to process, when I say this, how is it going to make the other person feel? And I don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings. So my words always need to be positive and encouraging. And so we just have to remind ourselves that words hurt. Words stick to us. And whatever I say to my spouse, they have the potential of just remembering that for the rest of our lives. And so I want things to be positive and encouraging. Yeah, we were talking to a person yesterday, actually, about um, words and you know the the whole deal of sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me and and the pastor we were talking to he said that's an absolute lie and and we should never tell that to our kids because and it's true it's an absolute lie words stick with us way longer than anything else um and so uh, and Rochelle, you said something a little bit earlier about um, your dad taught you the process of speaking about some some good things that are that are happening, and then maybe something to work on, and then ending with a good thing. I think that's a, a terrific example and a, a great, I guess, plan to follow uh, when you're talking with someone. And, and there may be somebody in your church that needs encouragement, um, that that needs to work on something. But you can start off talking about a positive thing and then say, hey, but this this here needs to be worked on a little bit. I would say, too, I'm I'm a very practical person. I need tangible steps to be able to do things. So for me, you know, uh, thinking and dwelling and speaking encouragement is something God's really laid on my heart for several months now. And so I've been looking for visual reminders throughout the day to help trigger me to say oh yeah i'm supposed to be positive oh yeah i'm supposed to you know not say negative things 
because the Bible does speak often about our words and how we need to think about things that are lovely and pure and holy and positive, you know. So uh, practical tips, you know, to write something on your mirror when you're brushing your teeth, you know, write a, a verse or just a little phrase or just be an encourager today or whatever to write it on your mirror so you see it. Um, I have a bracelet that has the fruit, reminds me of the fruit of the spirit. And when I see that bracelet, I think about the fruit of the spirit and I think that's what I need to be doing today. And just those, those visual cues, whether it's a keychain or a, something at your desk or I don't know, visual things help, help us remember throughout the day to be intentional with our thoughts and with our words. Yeah, I think so, Rochelle. And, and, you know, joy is the second word in that list of the fruits of the spirit. And we're supposed to be known as people of joy. Um, and, you know, it's a good reminder, too, that a lot of people who are negative are, they may be negative to us, and it, their negativity may have nothing to do with us or nothing to do with what's going on with us. It has everything to do with what's going on at home or what's going on in their job. And it just, we're just the easy target to kind of emotionally vomit on, right? And so, so we have to just kind of keep that in mind. Yeah, that's a great insight. You know, I think if we were to flip the table, though, I think one of the things that I've had to be mindful of and get better at throughout ministry was this idea that everyone else got all my best energy. And mm. emotionally, I could be down when I got home. And I didn't give usually Rochelle would bear the brunt of, a, of, of any discouragement I had. And I, I had to get better at that. And so I guess maybe my question is how, how, how do you see encouragement coming from, from this side to you? You know, uh, what are some of the things that we've done over the years that have been an encouragement to you um, as you've sought your own ministry in the church and you've sought your own place? Um, in serving Christ. Well, Trent has always seen it as his number one goal was to help me be my best. And so that's always been an encouragement to me because uh, he wants me to be able to be his teammate and enjoy. Um, and so we try to help each other to be our best and we'll, send text messages to each other throughout the day thinking of you or uh, when i was counselor at school trent would bring me um i don't know a, a drink in a candy bar or flowers or something like that just as a surprise not not every week or anything but you know just occasional and so that was always encouraging to me <laughs> you're shaking your head out <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm getting in. I'm getting in full now. Um, no, actually, I brought Rochelle pie today. So, cool. sweet. Literally, literally. <laughs> Alan has always um, been a number one encourager for me to try new things, um, and at the same time, he doesn't make me feel guilty if I don't want to try new things. So. I think he's got a good balance of, of freeing me up to do um, 
in ministry or just in life, new activities or new classes or, you know, new, new things. But if I don't feel like that's something I'm interested in, he doesn't push too hard. He doesn't make me feel guilty or feel like, oh, you're just boring. You don't want to do that. Yeah, I always wanted to make sure, too, that whenever we went to a church, I wanted the church to know that that she was going to do exactly what she felt called to do. That she if they want if they expected a certain job of her, they needed to pay her for it. <laughs> or they needed to hire her for it because uh, she was only going to do what she felt called to do as a church member. Um, and I, I really always tried to make a very strong stand on that up front so no one was surprised um, on the other side. And she always did more. I mean, that's that's Rochelle. I'm going to I'm going to do I'm going to do what you expect plus some. But but um, I think that's important, you know, in ministry to, to recognize it. Some churches do have unrealistic expectations, and whether those are fair or not, it's our job. It's our job to address that issue up front. I totally agree with that, and that's uh, because churches are waiting for a new pastor and wife to come along and save the day, and they've got all these jobs lined out that you're supposed to just step into, and that's not a healthy relationship. And I encourage the wife to take a few months to get to know the church and to really feel where God is calling her to plug in there. Don't just automatically, yeah, on the first week, sign up to, you know, to do whatever job has been handed to you. Uh, just feel free to say, thank you for asking. Let me pray about that and I'll let you know. Yeah. We're as husbands, we're called to be a protector of our, of our wives and and to be able to you know give them the ability to make a decision and not to have that forced down their throat you know um, every church feels like all oh, the new pastor's wife's going to be in charge of the women's ministry for the entire church or they're going to head the nursery or something like that or they're going to play the piano or whatever and that may not be the new pastor or his wife's um, heartbeat that may not be the thing that brings them joy. And so, you know, as, as husbands, we need to protect their ability, just like any other church member, their ability to make that decision and follow God's lead. Yeah, that, I think that, that is a very important part of that. You know, I think also, too, some of the things that, that I've tried to remember and get better at is knowing myself well enough to know, um, to know, what my mood is and to say I might need some space or or to do some other things where where I give her a warning if I'm not not feeling on top of my game so she knows you know and and to know yourself I think one of the most encouraging things you can do for your spouse whether it's in ministry or not is to learn more about yourself and and what causes you to respond negatively in certain situations so you can work to correct that but knowing that you're you're probably always going to be vulnerable in that way well as we as we talk about this and you know we've been talking about discouragement and um, in a pastor's home it can be a depending on where you're at it can be a big problem um, you know some there are times when uh, one of the churches that i pastored uh, it seemed like we were on the honeymoon for a long time. It was great, you know, um, lots of joy. 
And then there have been other ministry places where it's like, okay, we just, it's like, God, are you sure? Why did you bring me to this place? And, and there was a lot of hurt and anger and frustration. Um, but the thing that needs to remain constant is your relationship to Christ, seeking him um, and, and leaning on him, following his guidance, but then also at being a good teammate to your spouse, reminding each other, hey, we're in this together. We're serving the Lord together, and we're going to remain together no matter what happens in this ministry. We're going to be your first over the church, um, and I, that is, needs to be a reminder. I've always said that I'm really grateful that Trent and I have a friendship first, that we are best friends, and that we have a strong marriage relationship, because there have been so many hurts in our church family members, not that they were hurting us, but they were hurting themselves through loss or lots of things, illness. Um, And because they were pouring all those sorrows on us, we needed to have a strong relationship so that we could stand up under that and come alongside and, and help bear those burdens for our church members. If we had been fighting and bickering among ourselves, then there's no way we could have been a safe place for our church members to share their hurts. Well, that's a great word to kind of wrap everything up with. And uh, I know, uh, speaking on behalf of Trent, we are so grateful that we each married so far over our heads. Um, yep. We know, we know that you're the reason we're in the roles that we're in now. Uh, because I know I've been reminded that they hired me because she came in the package and uh, probably the same for you, Trent, and uh, we're Mm -hmm. we're grateful. But we just wanted to take some time today to remind you about the importance of being a mutual encouragement to one another. Um, Take the role of encourager in your home seriously. It's so important. Be an encouragement to one another and you'll see that payoff in your ministry as well. So thanks for joining us today. It's always, always glad to have you with us, and we're extra glad to have our wives with us today. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.